How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Locked On NBA. Coach David Thorpe stops by to join us. Author of Basketball is Jazz, talks Kevin Durant, Golden State Warriors, playoffs, positionless basketball, all sorts of fun aspects of the game. I'm sure you're going to love the conversation. We should call it a Father's Day edition. It's not quite, but our sponsors today all can help you out a great deal on Father's Day. Our title sponsor is always SeatGeek. We appreciate their support to Locked On Jazz and helping us out. The promo code is locked and you get a $20 rebate. As I mentioned last week on the program, I want, uh, I've been so impressed by the Dollar Shave Club uh, and this is something I would strongly suggest uh, you getting involved in or a great Father's Day gift for someone. Uh, the Five Blade shave is incredible. I, I Last week I told you that I was doing a spot for them even though they weren't even uh, a sponsor. This week they are actually a sponsor uh, Dollar Shave Club and I strongly, strongly suggest checking out. I think you'll uh, be really pleasantly surprised. I, I'd heard all about it. Frankly, I think I told you guys the story. I tried to break the system uh, along the way uh, and figure out how they did it and do it myself and it, I totally blew it. The, the Dollar Shave Club Executive Razor with a Dr. Carver's shave is a just terrific. Uh, transparent, so for more precise shave uh, with that shave butter uh, and it helps prevent the ingrown hairs, but it's also just as smooth a shave as I've ever had. It's an awesome life hack, no-brainer choice. It's the smarter choice, so great shave at a great price conveniently. Just go to dollarshaveclub.com slash LockNBA. No E there. L-O-C-K-N-B-A. For a limited time, new members get their first month of the executive razor with a tube of their Dr. Shave, uh, Dr. Carver's Shave Butter for only $5 with free shipping after that. Razors are just a few bucks a month. Lock. NBA, so Dollar Shave Club slash Lock NBA, and I'm also going to tell you coming up about a really neat travel first class luggage company uh, at Coach Prices. They like to say in a way, really cool and a neat offer for you for Father's Day as well. So let's get to it. David Thorpe's always a pleasure. Really fun basketball conversation, and here it goes. Well, David, let's start with Durant. Uh, Paul Pierce made the comment of some sort that he's the the best player in the game. Uh, I have an offensive metric I look at, which looks at points above average, the average player. Durant's been the best in the game for all se- last seven years, except for the year, two years ago when Steph went bananas. It's, I, I don't think it's actually that crazy an idea that Durant might be the best player in the game. Right, and that's what I thought Gertz was saying. I, I really thought he was trying to open it up for conversation. Uh, he, he probably is the best pure scorer we have in the game right now. Uh, probably maybe also because LeBron doesn't try to just do that. LeBron's more of the, you know, the point forward with Durant's more of the killer. Uh, we know he can rebound. I've always thought he was a plus defender. Uh, Oklahoma City had some very good seasons with him uh, on defense. Golden State was second this year in defense. Uh, and 
he's a chaos creator within the construct of what they do. He's a rim protector, paint protector guy, a willing defender, certainly competitive dude. Uh, and then I look at the context, right? If he, you know, if he was in New Orleans, if he was in Sacramento, we wouldn't be having this conversation. You, you can't just be amazing and alone and be in that conversation. You need to have help. He's got it. He's part of something really special around him. And I think it's a fair argument that uh, within this window of time, you know, in, so let's say April going forward or whatever, I just want to say he's in the conversation. I don't really know who's the best guy. Put LeBron at Golden State, they're champions. They put Anthony Davis on Golden State, they're champions. You know, he's, he's one of the few best players in the world, I think it's fair to say, and I'll I'll leave it at that. I don't know if I'm going to quote it exactly right, but there was a there was a great Lee Jenkins article who's you know the best there is, uh, and it was about Anthony Davis, and I, I think his comment was uh, the God built Anthony something on the sort of that God built Anthony Davis because he had already built perfection in Kevin Durant and wanted to get more creative. <laughs> well, here's the only thing else about Anthony Davis that no one really knows because. His team just isn't relevant in the discussion uh, that you have to have if you want to look at him as well. Players that I've trained and coached and have befriended over the years that have played there tell me immediately, like, this guy is the most amazing guy. You would never, ever know he's a superstar. He gives you his – these are these are role players that have told me this, not stars. Uh, gives you a cell phone number, wants you to call him and not the team. If you have basic questions about where to eat, where to go, uh, he, you know, we're going to be talking about him in very reverent tones whenever either he goes somewhere else or they bring in help and they can be relevant because he's a, a very, very unique talent. All right, let's uh, stay, staying on the series for, for a moment or two. I thought, and I, I think I knew that it, LeBron was going to fade. I tweeted out on purpose with like four. I was behind on the game, watching it delayed, and I said at the four thirty six mark of the third quarter, at this moment in time, LeBron James has been maybe the best player I've ever seen in any game I've ever watched. The 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 combination of power and finesse, the full court drives with just pure unadulterated power combined with the passing to get love going and everything else. I I think I just knew though that there, and I tweeted at that moment because I think I knew there was just no way there was anything left in the tank. It's too much to ask a human to play at that level. So let me, let me ask you two questions on that. One is I've seen guys go for 50. I've seen guys get hot shooting. I'm not, I really not sure I'd seen a better variety in a basketball game that I saw LeBron in the first 32 minutes of game two. Do you buy that? Uh, I mean, I'm an old man. I've watched a lot of basketball. Uh, David, it's fair to say he, he was in the conversation. He, he was, he along with Kevin and Kyrie to some degree were certainly keeping their team in it. I, I you say power and finesse, I'd want you to add the adjective or the description of speed because it's not a skinny guy flying down the court downhill as if he's a snowball. It's absolutely a monster truck flying. So, yeah, he he definitely had a focus about him that he was going to be in attack mode. If they were going to lose, they were going to lose with him expending every ounce of energy on both ends. And that, of course – is the problem, right? He, he doesn't have, to me, it's not the offensive help. 
uh, although he's got a lot of guys on his team playing poorly right now in offense, I think they lack the athletes on defense, which means he's got to cover too much himself, and Golden State's too good for that. They're spreading him too thin, and he, he, he really is a, a mortal man. He's just a very special mortal man, but he, just, he can't do what's required of him when Golden State's playing well, which is not always the case. Uh, the, do you see any scenario – I mean, we, I, I kind of walked through, okay, last year, the, the whole conversation everyone's having. Do you see anything in this series that makes you think, okay, if Cleveland does this or this can happen or the home court, is there anything that sways you that Golden State's not just maybe the most dominant team we've ever had? Oh, I don't know that I would say that because we just haven't seen them tested, and it's not, because, it's not Golden State's fault uh, that they've not been tested. They just have not played a team, including your, your team in Salt Lake City, healthy and this is the first time they've done it and Cleveland was a, a very bad defensive team for most of the season I think people got a little bit bent out of shape with how they beat Boston in five forgetting that Boston lost by far their best offensive player and remember Cleveland is a really special offensive team so you need to match baskets with them you're not going to win a grind war if you're Boston without Isaiah Thomas so I don't know how if Golden State ranked historically uh, uh, that great it, because they've been cheated. It's not their fault. However, to answer your question, uh, no. Barring injury, there's, there, this is not last year. Not, you know, every, the easy thing to talk about, David, is, is that Kevin Durant, right? They had Harrison Barnes last year. They had Andrew Bogut last year. They had Bobosa last year. The team is different, but they've also added you know, one of the best team players in the world. I would argue, and I'm not the only one who will argue this, that Steph Curry is healthy now and playing like Steph Curry is capable of playing. That combination is why this game is a route. If it was Steph Curry from last year, worn down and injured, then I don't care if they have Kevin Durant. I think it's a series. And I still think Cleveland can win a game. I don't know the Golden State's going to play great every single game. And Cleveland's a championship-caliber culture. They're going to come out firing this, this, this Wednesday night. But Curry is blowing by people, not just LeBron, shooting the ball with confidence. He was so good he got casual and turned the ball over right and left. I think he'll clean that up this next game. But he's back to being a top-five player in the world, too. So now they have two of them. They, did, they didn't have that last year. Yeah, you know, the thing I thought, and back to the when Blatt uh... – the Blatt game plan yeah. three years ago. I, I went back through my notes, and I, I thought there was some fabulous stuff that Cleveland did where uh, in transition defensively, when, particularly when they were playing slow, Delva Dover, whomever would run straight to Curry, but they also had the big whose man hadn't made it down the floor yet. So if it was Bogut, uh, particularly in the, before they had Iguodala start, uh, they had him shadow Curry. So they were almost double-teaming Curry Every time he was coming up the floor with or without the ball, they can't do you can't do that anymore. I mean, that to me is the biggest difference is I replay these transition baskets. And I honestly, sometimes I'm like, I don't even know if anyone did anything wrong and they got a slam dunk. Well, the pace, the pace that Golden State can play with their speed is just it's a bad matchup for Cleveland. Uh, they're just not a fast team. And yet they need to play fast a little bit and then score against some of the Golden State, uh, some of their rotations, and Golden State defensively, the longer you get into the possession, like the better off they might be because of that, they have that speed. It's the way the Spurs beat Miami a couple of years ago. They, they attacked them early. They didn't let their speed get to them. 
late in the possession. It's like wrestling a big snake. You, you're going to get away. You got to get away right away. The longer you, it gets into you, the more it'll wrap you up. So, so that's a problem for Cleveland because they really don't have the athletes defensively to play against against Golden State transition team. Uh, the other thing is you learn from your mistakes, David. So last year and the year before, especially the year before, when Curry was healthy, it, Andre Iguodala was the MVP. And it, to me, what it, it was a joke. It was by far Steph Curry and Draymond Green that changed that series because of what you were just saying. They were really – they weren't just finding Curry early with one or two guys. They were giving him a ton of attention. He was making a simple pass uh, very often to Draymond Green, initially to David Lee, actually. In the end of game three, David Lee kind of showed Draymond Green how to handle uh, the four-on-three situation they got in when they showed hard on Curry and they got the ball to the pitch post, trail post guy in the middle of the floor. David Lee just kind of played downhill and made a play. Instead of just shooting the 18-footer or, or always shooting a three and then going to State rolls from there, and that's what Draymond is doing. The few times they get two guys on Curry, and Curry has the ball, he hits Green. Green knows what to do now. He's just flying downhill or shooting the open three with confidence. And, and so the, the Cavs don't have that as an answer, but they don't really have any answers. They, they've been a bad defensive team all year, really bad down the stretch. Played them really lock in on their opponent and their opponent. In the case of Boston, was miss, was missing Isaiah. That, you know, the Warriors are rolling right now. Uh, they, they look like the significantly better team we thought they were as the season was progressing. I've got an interesting tax interchange I think David's really going to like uh, here in a second. But I want to tell you about Away, first-class luggage at Coach Price. It's a great story. Uh, they, 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 they call themselves a team of thinkers, seekers, and designers. It's, it's true. It's two guys who were in New York, JFK, dead phones, delayed flight, and they had no power. So what they do? They put l- power in the luggage, and thus the Away carry-on was born. There's two sizes, a bunch of different colors. There's the carry-on, the bigger carry-on, the medium or the large for extended stays. Uh, the website's really easy to use, and it's awfully nice uh, for you. It's awaytravel.com slash Father's Day, and use the promo code LONBA. You get $20 off your carry-on, free shave kit, and a stories collection book. Awaytravel.com slash Father's Day, promo code L-O-N-B-A. But, but here's what you, you want to know. You want to check this out because there's a bunch of really cool things. 100-day trial, live with it, vibe with it, travel with it, Instagram, whatever you want to do, you'll really enjoy it. Free shipping and then a lifetime warranty. So if anything breaks, they'll fix it or replace it for life. No, the, this is why you want to do this. You want to be a part of the, the smarter products because they've got the great Father's Day promotion going here, a shave kit plus the luggage plus a book. Uh, brought together some of their favorite artists, designers. It's a really cool collection of stories. You can get this all by going to awaytravel.com slash Father's Day, promo code L-O-N-B-A. Here's the key. Creative product, power in it for your phones, very well done. So it has a lifetime warranty. You get a 100-day free trial and free shipping. Go to awaytravel.com slash Father's Day. Promo code is L-O-N-B-A. I, I saw... Uh, a text from an NBA head coach and his text was to another coach and it said um, something on the line of the, the problem with the Warriors is that you have to every defensive principle that you've practiced all year, you have to suddenly tell your guys are no longer true for the next 10 days. How is that? 
what what is what does he mean by that? Okay, so that's really good. So, so first of all, let me let me say this. I, I might have said this in a, on a radio show there yesterday. I was, I was talking to someone yesterday about Bill Belichick, right? You, you know him from the Patriots. Yep. So when they when they won the AFC back when the, before he had ever won a Super Bowl, and the Rams won the NFC and were uh, the fastest show on turf. Belichick, the defensive genius, walked into his offices that Monday after the Sunday championship game and said, we have to do everything differently than we've done all year if we're going to have a chance to beat this team. So get rid of all of our old stuff. We're going to create new stuff. So that's an idea. So this isn't unique in that. And, and the problem Golden State presents is if you have a focus of, hey, let's take away their shooters, let's find our shooters early, uh, Golden State doesn't just have shooters, they have drivers, flashers that also really shoot great. Think about, think about, well, let's just talk about the best two, Durant and Curry. Those, you know, Thompson is someone that you wouldn't have to change your defensive plan to. You can make a living closing out Thompson really aggressively and, and seeing if he can make a play against the teeth of your defense where, where you're not, you're not really getting blown by because he's not that great off the dribble. He still might kill you, but, but maybe not four games in seven. Curry and Durant are going to blow by you, and they're both completely talented, amazing finishers and passers. So that's one, that's one thing. Draymond Green, as, the, as the, the power forward, sometimes center, same thing. You can't just race to him and, and feel like, all right, he's not going to kill us playing four on three or even five on four. If you just have one guy to him, he gets beat five on four, you can do that again. Think about your team. Think about power forwards on, on, on most teams. You, you can get away with it. You can't get away with it for him. Five on four, Green's going to make a great play, and they're going to get a wide open three-year dunk. So now you've got to make a choice. Do I not? It's like Golden State. Watch the game, David, again. Golden State is not running to shooters. They're racing to shooters. I've tweeted about this. Uh, that means they know exactly where they should be at all times, which is great coaching, and obviously the players understand their role. But it's also, uh, other than it's LeBron, they're not so afraid of getting blown by. Kyrie is incredible uh, going to the rim sometimes, but he's not that fast. You can get help to recover. Uh, LeBron's the one guy where you wouldn't want to close out him racing anyway. The Warriors, you can't do that. So uh, I've been saying this for a while now. Cleveland should have probably changed the way they played from day one to be prepared to play this team. And the team, you'll laugh at this, the team that I think Cleveland should most play like based on their roster, which I think is a flawed roster. Uh, LeBron likes old guys that know how to play instead of young athletic guys, and I think that's a mistake. But with the roster they have, they should play like your team. Hmm. They should grind it out, five guys touch the ball every possession, and and get and maybe play more bully ball. Maybe get a few more bigs that aren't great players somewhere else, but for that system would work so they could protect the rim more and they can't play them in green for five. You know, it's interesting watching the side, but slow it down. You know, it's interesting watch having prepared for a series as the Jazz, you know, got blown out by the Warriors. I and the Jazz got completely blown out. I, I 
180 revisionist history here. I thought the Jazz actually yeah. played them okay, but I think they led for you know almost none. Uh, yet, yet actually, what was incredible to me about that series was the game plan that Quinn Snyder and his coaches put in for for a large part was working, and, and they adjusted throughout the series. I thought really well to a few things, and yet still got blown out. Which partially because George Hill was out, but also just because of how great Golden State was. I mean, I really left that. That's that's what was my takeaway. The the one thing I think is interesting where I do think Cleveland's in a box a little bit where I think the national media is being unfair to them. And this is what happened. Utah played faster against Golden State than any other game, any other team all year, because when the defense got set of Golden State, it's just so good that even Utah, who probably is as good a half-court executing multiple action set team in the NBA, and maybe without George Hill is a large part of it, just didn't feel like they could score if they got late in the shot clock. And that's the one area where I think people are being unfair to Cleveland right now. I do think they should slow it down probably and go a little bit almost to what Blatt did two years ago. But it's not – it certainly may not be the answer because you let Golden State's defense get set, and then they're really at their prime. Yeah, that was my point, right. You, you, you have to play at a pace because you're not going to get a great shot later in the clock. It's, as I said, it's exactly what Pop did. Watch the tape of Spurs versus Heat when the Spurs – uh, I lost game two at home and then rolled Miami three straight. Uh, Kawhi was shooting for Danny Green four seconds in the shot clock, let it fly. They, they took that first, basically, let's fly down the court and take the first good shot we can take. But they have prepared for that. If you read Jackie McMullen's uh, article uh, a year later, she wrote called Summertime, they have prepared for that series since Ray Allen beat them the year before on that famous shot in the next game. Uh, they they realize we have to just let that ball fly if we're going to beat that team's speed. So it's the same thing. Cleveland's not built to that. Uh, your point is exactly right. Uh, they could try other things. I think they should. I think they should play LeBron at one and maybe Kevin Love at two, and I think they should go super small and play LeBron at five. None of those things might work. Like I, I, think, I think it's possible Golden State wins game three at 40 points. Uh, I think it's possible also that Cleveland wins, of course. But I don't know that there's any answer. And if they're down 15 in the third quarter and all of a sudden Curry has three straight threes, I mean, that's going to be a 40-point game because Cleveland's going to know that we just have nothing for them. They, they got to throw up the kitchen sink. It'd be a mistake to not change radically. This has not been a competitive second half in either game. So change radically and hope for the best, but I doubt they'll do that. I think they'll just do what they do because they'll be at home, and maybe it'll work. But also, like I said, I can envision their third quarter, six to go, they're down 13, and then the, the, the Cavs miss three straight, the Warriors hit three straight threes, and we're in a 20-point ball game against the game's over. Yeah, there's a, but there's been a little bit of hubris to – the way Cleveland approached game one and two that I think has bit them, but I, and I agree with you. The, these great stories are all part of David. Th- these specific stories are not, but the, the kind of storytelling you're hearing is what the book we aforementioned in the, in the open of this podcast uh, that David has written, and you, you can get it on Amazon, um, and, and he's really done a, a wonderful job with that. I've heard you mention that there might even be another one coming out, so people better go get on uh, – uh, basketball is jazz early and now, so that they're they're not catching up. You know, you don't want to have to binge. You don't have to binge read David Thorpe, uh, but it's available for you on uh, paperback or Kindle. Uh, basketball is jazz stories and lessons from a basketball lifer. Well, let, let me go big picture with you for a second. Yep. What do you think the impact on this on the league? And I I, I don't mean is this good or bad for the game. I I, I 
Okay, move, let's move past that. But if you're LeBron, and you and, and this series doesn't change, and maybe this is going to turn out to be a fruitless conversation, and they get waxed, you're like, holy crap, how am I ever winning another championship? And if you're Jimmy Butler and you're Paul George and you're Gordon Hayward and you're all these tier, other tier players who are kind of lead dogs but realize, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? What do you think this does to team building in the league or even on the flip side? If you're a GM and you're building your team up, you're like, you know what? If we take an extra four years, who cares? Because we, we can't beat this. What, what's your feeling of the impact this has on team building, both from a player's perspective and a GM perspective on the league? So from the executive perspective, uh, to me, the simple answer is the smart guys will do what smart guys should do and the dumb guys will panic the smart guys will understand that if we can build a 55 let's say a 55 win team we've done our job we probably won't be going state in the playoffs uh if you're in the west if you're in the east you know you got to deal with them only in the finals um but you're giving your fan base something great to watch they're winning most games they play home or away typically uh historically that's the number 55 or above is, is what gets you in contention. Uh, even a, just a Final Four, top two on both competitions is a great season. And, and that's what they're going to focus on. They, they, might, they might consider how do we match up best with Golden State in terms of style of play. But unless you're LeBron James' team in the East, where you know you're not playing them in the finals, they should more focus on their best style of play for their roster uh, to get the 55 wins. And that's really, uh, if a fan base is going to criticize or an owner is going to criticize you because you can't beat that team, there's shame on that. Because the reality is this. Uh, I, I talk, my book, I talk about the whole thing was inspired by a golfer, a golf coach named Harvey Pennick. Uh, and he, he, I learned how to play golf from reading his books, and I thought I could write a book one day like his golf book. I don't know that I did, but I tried with lots of stories and anecdotes. And he has a great little anecdote about putting where the best putters get the timing right, get the pace right, and get it close. They don't whack at it, try to be perfect, and they give luck a chance. And that's exactly what I would tell a team to do. Unless you've got Braun, Curry, Durant, you know, three or four of the best players in the world, give luck a chance. Try to win 55-plus games. And you know what? It might, it might face Golden State like Clinton did last year, absolutely beat up, and then Curry's a shell of himself. Green gets suspended, Bogey gets hurt, and we win three straight against the best team maybe of all time. They gave Luck a chance to happen, and they got lucky. This year they're in the finals, and, and Golden State's playing incredible basketball, and they got unlucky. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, this first gave himself a chance. They absolutely could have given Golden State a great six-year game of game series, in my opinion. Kawhi gets hurt, Parker was already out. It's over. Give yourself a chance. See what happens. The dumb teams will do stupid things, though. They'll do what Brooklyn did years ago and bring in old guys that have big brand names and no one will care two years later what they did. Uh, we'll, we always get teams that do that. But the smart team would keep building a team like Houston, maybe Oklahoma City, the teams of Utah, 
keep building, win 55-plus games, give luck a chance to happen. You know, it's interesting. I absolutely uh, – I've always said that if I was building a team, my goal is to get to the Final Four of my conference. And if I've done that, I've been successful. And then it's a matchup sprained ankle game. And right. I, I, and I, I completely I, – I couldn't agree with you more. All right, before I reveal maybe a little arrogant aspect of my personality, let me remind you of our title sponsor, SeatGeek, the best place to buy tickets to a show, a concert, anything, and it's an app on your phone, and it's so easy. So right now, download the SeatGeek app, then go to the settings tab, enter in the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get $20 back on your first purchase. But why should you use SeatGeek? Because just with a simple tap, you immediately can get to any show you want to, any concert, any ballgame. Once you go to it, it will give you all the tickets that are available from all the different people should have to search elsewhere. Then it gives you a ticket score on every single ticket in the building so you know which one in your price range is the best one that you want. Moreover, it'll let you set a price alert on upcoming events. I've used that. It's been very, very useful to me. And it's secured and on your phone. SeatGeek is the best way to do it. It's on your phone now. It's easy. It's simple. And you get a $20 rebate back if you use the promo code LOCK. So download the SeatGeek app right now. Settings tab, promo code LOCKED, and you'll find out for yourself what an incredibly awesome experience this is. Maybe you want to go see a, a theater show somewhere. You just go click on it, find out what the tickets are. I'm looking at a show and, uh, right here and it's telling me the various prices to see the Book of Mormon coming up in my city and their prices are reasonable and there's a bunch of different places there. I click on it, it gives me the tickets to course and I'm all set. That's why SeatGeek's the place to go. Download the promo, download it now and put the promo code LOCKED. Let me take the other angle on this. I, this, uh, I find this fascinating. Maybe this is very revealing on, on my ego but if I'm Clay, Kyrie Irving and I'm Clay Thompson and I've I've just been to the finals now three years in a row, and I'm watching Russell Westbrook and James Harden as single superstars on a team get every accolade, and I'm not even making all NBA first, second, or third team. I think I got to be sitting there thinking to myself, you know what? I want out. Because if Kyrie Irving is the starting point guard in Milwaukee, scoring 29 a game. He's second-team All-NBA and being talked about as an MVP. And maybe he's not playing for the NBA Finals anymore, but his personal legacy it will be thought of, frankly, better. Uh, if Russell Westbrook's going to win the MVP, we are, we are showing that we leave the legacy on your individual performance for a team regardless of win total. And I... I I, if I'm Clay Thompson and Kyrie Irving, I think I've had enough of this. And I actually think there's a little bit where being the second and third guy on one of these super teams, you really get lost in the shuffle. All right. In Kyrie's case, offensively, he's a genius and he's brilliant and all of that. And so I think, I think your point is good. Uh, I do think he could be a second team NBA player somewhere else. Clay Thompson to me is nowhere close to that. Uh, I think he's had one season with a PER over 17. He's had the year before, maybe two. You can look it up. Uh, he, he's, I think he's an overrated defensive player. He, uh, he has his moments where he plays good defense. He's not alone in that. But the guy finished, I think, 41st out of shooting guards in defensive RPM on a team that finished second in the NBA in defense. Uh, maybe he didn't have to play defense, and so I don't, I don't blame him for that. But he'd have to play defense if he's the best. I don't even know what team to be the best player on. He's the best shooter. He's an amazing shooter. I, I love what they've done with him, and I love how we've responded. But he is not. If he's thinking about 
going like the, let's say he wants to be Brooklyn's guy next year, I mean he'll, he'll be awful. He's just not that player. Kyrie's a different story. You've got to have some as a guard. There's got to be an ability with the ball in your hands that 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 to get to that next level. And, and Clay doesn't have it. Kyrie does. It'll be interesting what the hunt is, right? The hunt for that. How much money is enough money uh, compared to the legacy of winning and everything? That's where we're at right now. And by the way, I love you for making this point because I've been trying to say get rid of the draft. And one of the reasons why I say get rid of the draft is if you have a hard cap, uh, there'll be great players like a Fox, like a Ball, uh, you know, obviously Fultz, whatever, that might say, hey, I want to go somewhere where in three or four years I'm the man where I get the max deal. I don't want to go to a Boston. I don't want to go to another team. A Lakers already have four other potential MVP candidates or three or two, whatever it is. I want to be the man somewhere else. And you have other guys who say, you know what? I don't mind being the third or fourth best player if I can play for rings every year because everyone's different. Everyone's motivated uh, through different things. Uh, I, I'm not even saying other guys are selfish. They're all just different, built differently, have different ambitions and goals. And, uh, and so, yeah, someone like Kyrie might do. That's why Harden left. James Harden did not want to stay in Oklahoma City. He did not want to be the third guy. He wanted to see the illegal league and scoring to be MVP. And you know what? Good for him. It worked out great for him. Maybe they could have won some games in Oklahoma City and championships, but, but you can't argue for what he's done for himself and his brand. He's not alone in that, but he's uniquely skilled. I have no, I have no knowledge of this, but I just have a supposition. If Kevin, ignore the personality break that they've had. If Kevin Durant called Russell Westbrook right now or, and said, hey, I'm, I want to come back, I feel like Russ would say no. Like, I pr- I've just proved who I am. I'm going to be MVP because you left. I don't want you back. You know what? I, there's another argument, which would be I have a lot of insight to what, what's going on there behind the scenes. They were never the best of friends or whatever. And, and honestly, let me say something. The, the, the people that were happiest probably were the teammates because now they only had one offensive perimeter down to deal with instead of two. Uh, it was a problem in Oklahoma City, like it would be anywhere. It's not unique to that place. It's a very well-run place and a great culture. But uh, Russell might also feel like I've done the, I've done the MVP thing. And now I want to try, try to go to get a ring because you're not going to get one as currently constructed. There, there are ways away from it um, without a, a real superstar like Durant. Uh, but, you, I mean, I told you, you could be right, too. I don't know really what makes Russell tick. I'm not friendly with him. I don't know him at all. But I know that it was hard to play there. Listen, it was hard to play in Miami. It, when they had to be yeah. three, try four, five, six, seven, eight out of ten. Right. It was tough for them. Yeah, it was tough for them. You know, I, I think the incredible one is uh, Durant goes and it worked because everybody made shot. Durant went bananas for about four possessions last night. I and mean, he had the block and then the run out and then the three and then he had another shot. And then Curry took the next three shots. Yeah. And on any other team in the league, we were we as the media would have been all over it. But they it all worked and they're just so dang good. It worked. But if Russell and Durant did that, or in the old days, if Wade and LeBron did that, we would have been like, Oh, what was that? Was that a, you know, I want the MVP. I'm not, I mean, we would have been all over it, but I haven't heard a word of it. My notes were like, Holy smokes. How's Durant not getting the ball right now? And then he makes shots. So it doesn't matter. But I thought that was an interesting little moment. But David, that's, that's how it should be. Uh, I'm not suggesting that if the matchup is right, you shouldn't, you shouldn't try to play through the matchup, but, but, if you just want to keep feeding one guy the ball, uh, and he'll get fat, but the other guys will get lost. Uh, that's part of where I thought Clay Thompson had a problem all season 
when Durant was healthy. It, even though he got the same number of shots, it was it was not say, the same as he had gotten them. He he didn't feel like he was as much a part of it. Uh, think about think about your coach, right? I know this because you said it on a Zach Lowe podcast that Quinn believes. I don't agree with Quinn on this, but doesn't mean I'm right and he's wrong because. The evidence is right on his side. He wants five guys touching the ball because he thinks they'll play better defense that way, and the evidence on his team shows that it did. I personally think guys will play defense either way uh, in certain situations. Uh, and it worked for him in the pace and all that with Rudy at the rim and all that. It worked out great. But uh, Golden State, what they can't do is, is just say, hey, when Durant's got it going on, let's give the ball because he's always got it going on. There is no matchup get get I mean he went by LeBron like LeBron was a middle schooler. He's long, tall, quick, skilled, fast, aggressive, crafty. There's always a matchup for him that works. You gotta be free to go play. And that's where I think Kerr has done his best job. By the way, that's where Tyron Lou's done his best job with Kevin Love, uh, compared to Blatt. Kevin Love's back to being one of the best players in the world. He's amazing. We see it now. I saw it in Minnesota. No one else paid attention because the team didn't win. But their starting team was good as last year there. The bench sucked. Uh, but he was amazing. He's amazing now. Uh, you've got to free those guys up. And that's why Golden State can do what they do. It's not just because of Durant. It's because Durant's willing to let you go do your thing. And Steve Kerr and, and before that, Mike Brown applauded it. All right, let's go uh, draft for a second. And you wrote about this. I think this is interesting from your perspective because you wrote about this in basketball as jazz. We've got Ball, who's really a point guard. I mean, I mean, he, he really might – I love the comp to Jason Kidd. He, it might be a good comp. Uh, and you, you got Fultz. you got these other guys. Um, you got the kid out of Louisville who's interesting, a little lower down the draft. Like, what, what are positions? What, what, what are posi- – I've noticed that even on the jazz – uh, press releases that they're sending out this year about workouts. It's guard, wing, big is now how they're referring to it. They don't. They're not putting down position. What are positions in the NBA now? So that's that's exactly what I do for the AAU and high school teams that I help out here in Clearwater. Guards, wings, and bigs. Uh, keep in mind, big is really more of a defensive uh, moniker because our bigs are guards. We teach all of our bigs. I have a six seven, two hundred fifty pounder. Last year, a six ten. Senior, we shot threes. Uh, we work on balling with them every day. We want them. Bas- we want them to be basketball players. I and when I was a high school coach, uh, back when they had lead guards, and I had lead guards, which were guys that managed your team, like Jacques Vaughn, as an example, I used. You got you talked that a few over the years that just managed your team. Uh, but my bigs were taught to be guards. I just want everyone to be basketball players. Uh, but now we've got what I call, which is the smarter why wouldn't we empower the guy who's got the ball in his hands the most to be also a dynamic and aggressive assertive scorer and put that much more pressure on the defense because if I only have a lead guard which is the one setting the table for everyone else that defense knows he's not much of a threat and they can they can orient their defense towards the threats much easier so I think we've empowered and going back to what you said before about pace if we if we don't have to run an offense, if we can go get a bucket because our point guard can go score, we're better. And that puts so much more pressure on the defense to make sure they're ready for help. And if they're ready for help, that means we can play downhill. What, what did uh, what did, I think it was Steve Kerr that said this uh, during a timeout this year? We talked about getting the first domino to fall and then play. And then you've got Greg Popovich who says, at the first hint of the crowd, move the ball. That's exactly what we're teaching our high school players and the young pros that I train on my own. 
we want to bring the crowd and then get rid of it right away, which is the equivalent of knocking that first domino. And then we're playing downhill from there. And so you want players that can knock down that first domino because they're a threat to score. The domino's not falling if they're not a threat to score. So we want guys that can do that. My number one takeaway of this playoffs is as great as Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden are, I know where the ball's coming on every possession, at what angle, and with whom. And on the other teams I watched, I don't know. I don't know where it's coming from with the Warriors. I don't know where it's coming from with the Spurs. I frankly don't know where it's coming from from the Jazz, and they're not as good as offensively as some of those other teams. But I thought as I watched series progress – those teams that have a dominant ball handler in the old school fashion and you know where it's coming from every time really bogged down. Is that valid? Only, well, yes, it's valid. But I would argue in the case of Harden, I think he just died. I think he just absolutely died in the fourth quarter of, of game five and never recovered. Uh, and I think if I'm Houston, if I'm guessing, Houston's going to recognize that they had the number 10 offense, I think, in the history of the game this year. But they played Harden too much. So they're going to have to let him rest more next year. Their offense will suffer, of course, because there's no two James Hardens you're going to find. Uh, but they'll still be good enough, I think, to be very, very good and, and potentially elite level. Uh, and then going into the postseason, he has more legs. And, and then I think that they're, I mean, I think they're, they're giving Golden State a much better series than, than what the Spurs did because of obviously the injury to, to Kawhi. Um, but yeah. Uh, again, with my high school team, if our 6'7", 250-pound kid gets the rebound, then we outlet to a designated one. The other four players we have, we have a 6'6", two-guard that plays the trail post for us. He's really a two, and he might be a McDonald's All-American. He's only going to be a sophomore now, but he's a guard. So when he rebounds it or anyone else rebounds it, they're all guards. They're flying. Everyone's learned to play all five spots on the court in our secondary break. The only exception is our 6'7", 250 he bought six eight two fifty. He's growing an inch. He he is strictly lead post or trail post. So we're doing. In fact, I watched Golden State play the other night and told our assistants. I'm one of the assistants, but I'm kind of in charge of the offense and defense. And I said, guys, you see what Golden State's running. That's all we're running. We're playing downhill. We're trying to knock dominoes down and move the ball at the crowd and all of that. Uh, cuts off the pitch post, pin down action in the pick and roll, fast, 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 where everyone plays every position on the court. That's where the game is going. And uh, I've got a 6'9 kid that I helped for AU. He's a three-man. 6'9, super athletic, warrior-type mentality. He can shoot the three and put it down. We didn't have many of those guys in high school when I started coaching in 1987. It's a different world. David, always love it. Basketball is jazz is the book. We, I could talk with you every week. Uh, I probably should just for the fun of it, not just to tape interviews. <laughs> so thank you very much for the time. Enjoy the rest of the finals. I have a feeling we are going to have the nuttiest next 45 days on NBA rosters, and uh, I think it's going to be insane. So hopefully we'll chat during it. I look forward to it. Thanks a lot, David. The- Quick reminder, Father's Day, SeatGeek, promo code LOCKED. AwayTravel.com slash Father's Day, promo code is L-O-N-B-A. Really neat product. Go check it out with their multiple size. And finally, the Dollar Shave Club. I'm a huge fan. So make sure you check out DollarShaveClub.com slash LockNBA, L-O-C-K-N-B-A. That has been Locked On NBA.